That's my two kids on there. And this is a black mug, and when you put hot liquid in it, it turns this new color. Can you hear that? There's a construction site going on outside. Just paving the road, paving the road. Hey guys, welcome to another video. Today I wanna to talk about INFJ friendships and relationships. If you don't know what an INFJ is, maybe go check out one of my earlier videos on the topic. It seems to me from reading the comments that a lot of INFJs struggle with this. It's something that I have struggled with. Uh, it's relationships and friendships are something that's always been kind of at the forefront of my mind uh, my whole life. It's something that's important to me, but it's also something that I've had a really hard time with and things that have been extremely perplexing to me. So it seems to me from my observation that most people out there in the world are fairly happy with a less robust, I want to say weak, but I'm going to use the word less robust definition of friendship than I have. A lot of people use the word friend to describe people that I wouldn't really call a friend. Um, so my definition of a friend is somebody that I have like a deep connection with. Uh, you know, got some mutual vulnerability. I think that might be the key for my definition of friend. And what is mutual vulnerability? It means that you're both vulnerable with each other. Um, and I think without vulnerability, you can't really have a real deep connection friendship. A deep connection friendship is sort of based on emotional intimacy. So I've made a couple of videos on that as well. Uh, you can go check those out. I'll put some links in the description. But emotional intimacy at its core is a deep level of understanding, acceptance. You can be yourself with this person and they kind of accept you without you know, criticizing you for like who you are. I guess it's somebody that you can trust. And even if they do disagree with you, they do so in a way that doesn't criticize you, if that makes sense, or shame you. I think that's actually one misconception that a lot of people have is that accepting a person is the same as agreeing with them. You can actually have a really deep connection with somebody. You can understand them, you hear them, you accept them for who they are, regardless of this opinion they have, and still disagree with it. It's sort of like a debate team or a debate club. You know, what's the first thing you do when you're responding to somebody? You listen to the other side's argument and you almost firm it up in your brain so that you completely understand them, you accept them for their opinion, and then you offer your rebuttal or whatever. I think a lot of people miss that when it comes to friendships, they think that in order to accept somebody, they must agree, and because they don't agree, then they don't accept. So that's always something that's I've really struggled with because intuitively for me, I have no problem disagreeing with somebody. I can be friends with somebody with completely different beliefs as long as they're okay with it too, for one, but also as long as they're okay with talking about it once in a while, because I like to talk about that kind of stuff. I like to know why people believe what they believe. I like to hear their reasons for things. And I think sometimes a lot of people don't like to talk about that stuff. And so that kills the mutual vulnerability because if they don't want to talk about it, then they're not willing to be vulnerable in that area. So as I was saying, I think a lot of people though are okay with not being vulnerable. 
I think a, the word friend in general seems like it's kind of been hijacked. Or, or maybe I'm the one that's hijacked it. I'm not sure. But, you know, you can be friends on Facebook without even really knowing who this person is. I mean, I got lots of people that I'm friends with on Facebook that I've never even met. I've never even talked to. I may not have talked to them in 10 years, yet I'm a friend on Facebook. I think maybe one of my problems traditionally the last you know, while has been as I grow and I change, it's almost like I expect these old friends of mine to change along with me and the relationship to grow. I love progress and I, I want... I think that's maybe a big issue with myself and I've heard with other INFJs is because we enjoy progress so much, we're in the finishers category of, of personalities. There's four in that, in that category that we love progress. We love working towards goals and we don't like things to go stagnant and that includes our relationships. So if we end up in a friendship that's starting to feel stagnant or worse is actually sliding backwards, I think that can make me quite uncomfortable. And this could be friendships or romantic relationships as well. Like if, if you end up in a marriage that goes stagnant and it's something you're trying to fix, or let's say it starts to slide backwards and you're getting less close, there's less communication. And um, it's something that I've, I've had to deal with. I, I was separated about a year ago. And for years, I mean, I was married for quite a long time. I was married pretty young. I just turned 23 when I got married. I'm now, I just turned 39 yesterday or two days ago. <laughs> I'm losing track of time. I turned 39 two days ago. So I was actually married for 50, almost 15 years. I think it's hard to be married to me. I think it's hard to be friends with me if you're a certain type of person that doesn't also enjoy progress. If you're a type of person who doesn't enjoy vulnerability and want deep connection. I think there's certain personalities out there, um, like for example, ESTJs. I, mean, I don't wanna pick on ESTJs, but they don't really enjoy that vulnerability. It's uncomfortable to them. It's something that they can do but it's not something they really want to do, it seems like to me, I mean, in my observation of that personality. So if you're in a relationship with an ESTJ, I think it can be quite a struggle to actually try to extract that connection. And you can often feel like you're trying to extract it. And I think that's a really stressful place. I don't like being in that place. So as I was saying, I think the key for any INFJ is to work towards getting that one deep connection friendship. And I will say, I don't think it's easy to get that. I think it's not even something that I really experienced until I was in my 30s. That first actual deep connection friendship. And there's some awkward things that go along with that when you first experience it. So I'll tell you a little story. About five or six years ago, I met a friend and we kind of just connected. As the years went on, we started to talk more and more, talk about deeper things. And it's interesting how it worked because it wasn't like an instant thing. I think maybe that's one problem with a lot of people. They, they try to create these instant relationships. I think 
but sometimes the best relationships are really slow builds. So it's like you get to know this person slowly over time and the trust develops. So this friend of mine, it turned out, she was actually the one that introduced me to all the Myers-Briggs stuff. She was an INFJ. There seems to be a lot of INFJs on the internet. I think we find each other on the internet. But in real life, like I don't, I don't really see a lot of INFJs. Or maybe I do, but we're both just so slightly reclusive or something that we don't, it's hard to identify an INFJ in real life, I guess, unless you get to know the person. So anyway, we got to know each other, and this relationship got sort of deeper and deeper. And we would talk about some pretty deep concepts, and also she was really smart. I think she had almost a near-genius level IQ. So we had amazing intellectual conversations, but there was also this emotional connection. And I think that's the interesting thing about the INFJ personality. Um, a lot of people are either feelers or they're intellectuals, something I've noticed. And so it's actually quite difficult to find a person who is intellectual and, so you've got IQ, that's intelligence. Then you've got EQ, which is emotional intelligence. It's hard to actually find a person that has both those things to a high level. I think INFJs are one of the personality that have the capability to have both, but it's, it creates a little bit of an awkward situation, I think, in a lot of cases, because it's hard now to find somebody else that kind of operates from those same values. So like an INTJ, for example, are they're super rational, very um, good researchers, and very good at sort of making clear arguments. And I love talking with INTJs for that reason. However, INTJs have, for whatever reason it seems to me, they have trouble opening up about their feelings. And it's something I've heard from a little bit of research in INTJs, it's, it, they, they don't open up about their feelings very well. And if you try to extract their feelings from them, they can get super offended. So it's just an example. My best friend growing up was an INTJ. And I think that I had a hard time connecting on an emotional level to him. We connected on all kinds of other levels. But the whole emotional connection, right, it's, uh, it's a little shallow. I think a lot of types are like that. Um, they're really good at intellectual or at feeling. So like ENFPs, I've noticed, really good. They're really supportive, emotionally warm people. And they're great for like, almost that emotional intelligence-based conversation, but I find them less intellectual, right? So it was interesting when I got this friend, and she's an INFJ, and she was extremely intelligent, but also had all this emotional awareness and depth. Because I think we both... Oh, somebody just banged on the door. It scared me. <laughs> but it also created some problems. Because as we went along and became better and better friends, I started to try to recreate that relationship in my other friendships because I was like, well, this, this one relationship is like 10 out of 10 on the deep connection scale. But this other person now, 
it may, I used to think it was a pretty good friendship, but now it was feeling shallow. And to be honest, my marriage started to feel similar. I mean, I won't get into it, but there was a lot of issues in my marriage. But I think the main problem was it was quite shallow and it was based on a lot of things that weren't super fulfilling to me. If you go back to my five pillars of relationship video, if you have a really good connection with somebody, even if you get another friendship that's really close, it doesn't really threaten that relationship. But let's say you're only two out of five of those on the relationship scale. And then you come along and you get somebody that's a three out of five or a four out of five or a five out of five. All of a sudden that creates a really awkward situation for your main relationship, which is supposed to be your closest relationship in your life, right? I think that is one of the most awkward things I think that can happen especially to an INFJ, is when you realize that this person that is supposed to be the closest relationship in your life isn't that close. And in my case, I went into like a multi-year-long process of trying to deepen my marriage so that it would start to match with what I knew was possible now. I think one thing about any relationship is if anything is forced in the relationship, it almost removes the spark or something out of the relationship. At its core, what is a relationship? What is a friendship? I think it should be just simply two people enjoy being with each other, so they are. And I think a lot of times in our culture, at least my culture, I'm not sure where you are, but in my culture, it's like we're forcing relationships. You know, there's people that have been married for 50 years and people applaud them for sticking it out. But yet, they sleep in different bedrooms. They're basically glorified roommates and they're both miserable. And I have to question, like, is that even sane? Staying together out of obligation rather than actual excitement about this other person? I don't know. I could probably go more into that. I think it's probably con pretty controversial what I have to say about a lot of that stuff. But yeah. So I think another problem with being an INFJ and seeking friendships is if you are a man in particular, I mean, women obviously have their own issues. Men have their own issues. I think culturally men are taught to be less emotional in a way it's sort of almost like it's a weakness to be emotional and be a man. It's sort of this like be a man kind of culture. And it, you know, it's my observation that the older you are, the worse this is. It seems like the younger generations are finally figuring this out. And it's like, no, no, you can have emotions and be a male. Um, you go up into like baby boomer age group and it, it seems to be more prevalent. Like oftentimes on my videos, the people that kind of criticize me and will make nasty comments, sometimes are these older men, because maybe they got INFJ on the test and they don't like me. I have no problems, as, as you may know, talking about emotional issues and vulnerability and emotional intimacy and all these things that I think a lot of men are just like, what, what are you even talking about? That's a woman's topic. And which I think is completely and utterly ridiculous.
emotional intelligence has nothing to do with whether you're male or female. But I think for me, I think it's why I've had a harder time finding real male friendships. Because I think in general, men are a little more closed off. All right, so what is the kind of takeaway from all this? I've kind of identified a lot of the issues surrounding INFJ friendships. I think we have sort of these deep requirements for friendships, um, but it's hard to get. How do we get that? So for myself, I think in the past, I have tried to extract relationship from people who just don't want it or aren't ready for it. And I think that's a mistake. I think the secret is to find those other people who are craving that same thing you are. The problem is it's not easy to find those people. And you could find that person anywhere. Um, so I've only really experienced that with one person now in my life. And to this day, she's still the closest relationship I've ever had. So if I want to try to get somebody else to even approach that level of relationship, I think it requires a deep level of patience. And it requires giving people space. If people don't open up on their own, they're not going to open up. You can never force somebody to open up. And if you ever get to the point where you're upset at somebody because they're not being vulnerable, they're not opening up, I almost wonder if, I don't know, it seems like maybe some people can change. Unfortunately, I've had a lot of narcissists in my life and it's been extremely damaging and I'm like half broken because of it and it's something that I'm trying to rebuild. Narcissists don't change. Narcissists make you think they're going to change. They want you to think. They like kind of dangle a carrot on a stick in front of you. It's always, don't worry, this is going to get better. I call it vague hope. It's this word I've kind of come up with to describe. It's not real hope. It's not even a real plan or actual change that's going to occur. It's just this vague hope for the future. And I think I, I get sucked into that really easily, or I used to. I am on the lookout for vague hope all the time now. But going back to the issue, because I get distracted constantly and go off on tangents, something that I've been thinking about lately is instead of trying so hard with all these old friends of mine that don't seem to be working out, I'm kind of just like releasing them and letting them go. I'm, I'm keeping them as a casual friend, but I'm not requiring so much out of them. And then what I've been thinking about is trying to focus my energy now. So now that my energy isn't tied up in all these exhausting relationships, I can look for new ones or invest energy into new people. So another thing I think I've been susceptible to is allowing other people to decide if we're friends. So somebody comes along and kind of adopts me as a friend and I'm like, oh, okay, here's a new friend that's adopted me. So one thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be more proactive in my friendships, trying to find those people that I actually like and kind of breathe into them a little bit and almost try to form some new friendships that way. Um, for me, I think the basis of friendship is somebody that I can have a conversation with. Just looking for friends that have similar interests, that's not enough. One thing I think that all INFJs, 
maybe struggle with is I think sometimes we can be quite blunt and direct and we can come across as critical and judgmental to other people's thoughts and ideas. Like let's say I have spent a whole year pondering and thinking about some issue or idea and then I kind of come to a conclusion in the end. And now somebody else comes along and starts talking about that. And you can kind of tell that they're in the beginning stages of even thinking about that. At that point, I think that we have a bit of a responsibility to kind of let them almost come to those conclusions on their own, almost foster those ideas without just blurting out and telling them what to do. Something I've been trying to do is almost, rather than telling a person something, ask questions until they come to the conclusion themselves. I think the secret to good, deep connection, friendships, and relationships is trust. And so if somebody thinks you're judgmental and critical, that's gonna kill trust. So as a final word of encouragement, a lot of INFJs I hear from, they say they don't have any friends, they you know, might feel upset and sad about this, I've said it, um, but something that I've kind of learn to accept is that I'm never going to have a lot of friends. I have a couple friends, a couple close friends, and I think that's okay. And I think it's okay to maybe classify all the rest as just acquaintances. Friendships are something that are built. They're not something that you just get. It's a, a close friend is something that's earned, and it's something that you have to kind of work towards and foster. And if you want to, and it's something you care about, I think that any of us can work towards that, finding those people that we can relate to on a deep level. Because I think once you find those people, it can bring so much more meaning to life to have somebody that you can share yourself with. I really like that. But I think a real friendship takes years of constant communication to really get to that point. You can't rush it. And you can't expect something out of somebody that they're, they haven't grown and they're not ready to give yet. Anyway, guys, thanks for watching the video. Hope you got something out of that. Feel free to leave a comment and um, hit the like button. I hear that helps the YouTube algorithm if you like stuff, especially if you watched all the way to the end. That's cool. And uh, subscribe if you want to hear more from me in the future. All right, have a good day. See ya.